Before the party gets started for episode 182, I just want to mention that the audio for this episode is not the greatest. John and I were on the motorcycles and we captured that through our headsets into the video. And that's another note for this episode. If you would rather watch instead of just listen, head over to our YouTube channel, link in the show notes, loudpipes.net slash 182. Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 182, an on-road episode. Johnny John's in front of me, and we will title these Behind the Bars, number one. Rich and John out on the road doing a, what do I want to call it? I guess it's an on-road episode. Maybe that is our title. How are you, buddy? Doing well, my friend. Got out in this nice, beautiful North Carolina weather day, don't you think? We got some fuel. We are going for some essentials today, a.k.a. barbecue. And we figure we'll just do a show on the road. Nothing wrong with that, right, my friend? What you gonna have to drink today? You gonna have a beer as well on uh, the barbecue? Probably not. Probably not. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Oh no. We'll see what I feel like when I get there. We gotta go over one night. There we go. <laughs> Hello, buddy. How you been? I've been pretty good. And you know, I have a topic for us. Oh, what's the topic of the day? So I was thinking, you've had your spider, your new spider. How long now? Oh, let's see. This is going on year two yeah two all right and i just passed the year on the redhead after riding the deuce for about 10 all right and you had so you had the rss for did you have it two years oh uh, it was like a year and a half year and a half so we're both kind of in transition right? right yeah okay oh it's windy so i thought the topic would be now that you've had a year plus on the new bike, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And then third will be, are you looking at anything else? Oh, let's go with what I like about it. I really like the boat. And I guess how, and that was the driver point for the switch, was that inline triple yeah. and a maintenance decrease a lot. Like hydraulic valve. Now there is no more not clear about the valve stuff. And then the other thing, and I've talked about it half on the show, is the RPM with the, the toy you you had to ring it neck. It had to be run out. So otherwise you caused motor damage. So the twin made its power up high, much like a like a sport bike. Yeah, so this one, to my understanding, has two power bases. So, which is, you can tell, just shift it right. It's like, you shift it at the right spot in a high RPM. Got one straight speed and a full throttle. Yeah. I hit it at the high RPM, and I shift it, hits the, it hits the low range, and you instantly got all that power. Gotcha. So, so that's what's really, um, I guess I'd say the seat position and everything. Um, the sport mode on it is awesome. 
Um, it, it's an all-around really, I'm really happy. So let's um, let's review the the seating position though, because your RSS was kind of like mid to sport. Yeah. Yep. And, and now you're pretty much full on cruiser position. Yeah. Yeah, so it allows me to move around a lot more. One thing I'd probably say is I'd be like when I was in like, uh, if you're in twisties or something, you kind of, you know, you don't, you don't have as much up on the front. Yeah. That might be kind of the difference. But still, when you put it in sport mode, it goes. Sport mode turns off a lot of the nanny controls. You know, moving the, you know, turns a lot easier. Gotcha. Um, all right, what am I like about it? I'd probably say the staff. The gauges is the one thing I guess I'd be as a tech person that is black. So it's just analog gauges and not much else for a display? Well, there's a there's a middle digital display for your speedometer, the temperature gear, your fuel and stuff. But it's just like basic. And I would, you know, would hope to have some more things. I know some people that have some other bikes have some features that I really like. Like, how much farther can I go on my tank for, you know, an average of how many more miles do I have to park in? Yeah. Now, wait a minute. For anyone who's going to watch this on video, I'm going to come up alongside of you on the right. Okay. Now, I don't see a Spartan dash there. I see, I don't know, two screens, three screens. How many oh. you got there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so that's where I'd probably go. So yes, I have my cell phone, yeah. and I have a, uh, it's mounted with a claw box, and if you're looking for a bike, you don't want, if you've got the ram mount, I know you run the ram mount, I am a big fan when I switch to the claw box. Yeah. The case, the locking system, works so much easier. Well, and it so, looks, it looks a lot cleaner, and I, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't pick the ram mount, it came with the bike. Right. It works, I mean, it still works. you have to have a ram mount. Well, you still gotta have the ramp ball right. mounted because it still has to have the attachment. But there's a you know case, you know, locking, and it's real you know simple. You don't have to worry about you know did I put the rubber band around the ramp mount or oh I gotta stretch it out. Fit no. Yeah, so, you know I get it, and it's it's very clean. Like there's the thing I don't like about the ramp mount is you just have those four rubber nubs. Right. sticking out on the side and you know visually it's just kind of odd looking I would rather just you know like you said the quad lock nothing sticks out from the side it's very clean and it's secure at the same time so we're going to take a scenic break so we're turning right okay I kind of had two ways to go we could go straight and we could turn so we're going to turn to take the more to take more so a little more fun So, all right, so, and then the next thing I have is the Garmin uh, 595LM that I bought, um, which is a GPS. And I guess this came a lot from Ted, from Motorcycle Men. He has the 395, smaller one. I got the very important in it. Really nice, you know, to have a non-satellite well, you get, so it's a standalone GPS. Does it do other other things? Yeah, I mean, it can do a lot of stuff. I mean, you can make it be your media player. I take phone um, phone calls. Yeah, I mean, I even have it so I 
programmed in there uh, what my fuel range is. So, okay, so you put your bike, okay, so I put 150 is when you stop for gas. It tells me how many more miles I got that designated fuel range. So, it's not like looking at the gas tank, it's just a number I put in. Does that make sense? Um, yep. You also can buy, and I know we have them, is a Fabio fire sensor. Garmin has their own that would interact with the Garmin. So it, it could do a lot as well. Um, I just don't use it as much as I could. So you, you're talking about a standalone GPS receiver? That, uh, what's the Fabio? The Fabio, the, temp center, the temperature gauges that we have on the tires. The Fabio, the little fire oh, sensor. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. So the little round fire sensors that we have there, Bluetooth to our phone, Garmin has one that will interact and connect to the Garmin itself. Oh. So there's a screen on the Garmin that can do Because I was looking at, so for for track days, they have these apps that you can run on, like on your phone, and you can hook up an external GPS, like a receiver. Right. And it cycles quicker, so it, it checks your position like 10 times a second. So, okay. so it's a lot more accurate and precise, but also for like mapping and timing. So when you said Fabio, I was just thinking of an external GPS receiver. Yeah, that's, that's what they were. So that's, uh, I guess that's where I go. So overall, and, and then I guess the other thing that's really nice is all the stuff for you. That's out for the absolute. I mean, there's just so much more. So. Yeah, and then your other one was kind of an oddball in the lineup, so. Yeah, just like you do. So, otherwise, I mean, I don't have any qualms. What I would, what I'd say, I was looking, you know, would call negative about the bike. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yes, sir. And and the third topic before we switch over is: Are you looking at anything else, or are you content for a while? So, I am looking possibility, I think maybe this came out, and I started thinking about this from uh, Austin when we had on some Twisted Road. Yeah. Maybe the idea of, of picking up a Riker oh, okay. rally, and then kind of have that as a, as a, uh, a rental. A rental. Put out there for people, and then it'd be a fun bike to ride. That, I guess that kind of I'll, I'll let it bring into my little. How's that? There you go. Well, then also I can I can fly to Durham and then we can ride together because you'll have two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that. <laughs> sure, come on. I mean, I mean, we have our, you know, our brother Zion has one and he's having a blast with that thing. I heard. Well, here's one thing I like about this bike. Well, if nobody can see that video or not, or I don't watch the video, Richie decided he needed a pass and I was slow. <laughs> oh. I'll let you lead because I don't want to miss the turn. Alright. Alright, so Richie, what do you like about... So what I like is... Well, let's see a couple of things. Obviously the speed, but... What I, what I really enjoy is the character of the engine. Okay. And 
it might be a long-winded explanation, but I'll, I'll try. So, obviously it's a V4 being an interceptor, but the way that it fires, like its firing order is a little different. So, it, it sounds different and it runs different than like Ducati's V4 or Aprilia's. So at an idle, it really has this cool sort of stumbling, I don't know how to describe it, more like a stumbling rumble. And it's, it's not as smooth. And then being a V4, I get a little bit of the more of the torque character in the low band. So like now, at fifth gear, I'm under 6,000. That's kind of where the, the deuce would be running out of gas. So as long as I keep it under like 6,000, it feels a lot more like the old V-twin. Right? You know, more torquey. Kind of gets off the line without... You know, without stumbling so much, see like there, take off in second. And not like your high-strung inline four that just doesn't do anything until 6,000. So from a riding perspective, it has two characters. You know, you can ride around town, you stay under six grand. It's very pleasing, makes a nice sound. And that's kind of your, your one character. But then, like when I passed you, after six is when when the party gets rocking. So then, of course, Honda's VTEC system kicks in. Then you've got 16 valves instead of eight, and then the tack goes much quicker from there up to you know 12 or so when it runs out of breath. And that's just a different character, and the sound is altogether different. Like the wail that it makes up around 10,000 is just. It's just goosebumps. Like it, all you're thinking is you're, you're just hearing like MotoGP screamers, right? Yep. But then under six, it's completely different. It's very docile. It's a little more torquey. Like I said, it's not, it's not full on power, and, and it's not a crazy fast bike anyway. It only, probably only puts about 95 to 100 horse at the wheel and maybe a little more torque than the R6, but you know, it's not a it's not a super bike by any means, but it's fast and it's very fun to ride. That's what I love. It's, and it's very nimble too, right? I mean, yeah, it's nimble. It's, it's a little heavier than the R6, but it's a lot more nimble than, you know, any cruisers I've ever ridden. And it's just a great balance. It's sporty, but I'm comfortable. Like I rode it up here today you know, nearly two hours, you know, hour and a half-ish, you know, never stopped, you know, except for a red light, but just yeah, kept right on trucking. And on a dude, you'd price that about three times, right? I don't know about three, but I probably would have stopped once, for sure. I would have made the excuse to stop for gas or something. <laughs> yeah. So, overall, that's, that's what I'm enjoying, you know, I... I'm doing track days with the R6, so this is a nice, this is a nice balance between a full-on sport bike and it's, you know, it's not a touring bike or a cruiser. It's just, it's kind of like a more laid-back sport bike. Okay. Now, what don't you? Is that everything? Not the good thing? Um, the other good thing I like is it's very low on the tech. I mean, it's got just an analog tack. It does have a digital speedometer and a you know, a little bit of an information display, but I just love that it's it's fundamentally basic. There's no ABS, there's no traction control, 
There's none of that. You just ride the hell out of it. And, you know, you gotta be up on your game because there is no ABS, there's no wheelie control. Although, you know, it's not crazy powerful enough that you have to worry about wheelies, but you gotta you gotta know what you're doing because there's no there's no nanny systems there to keep you in check. But yeah. I love that because my track bike is the same way and I don't have to go back and forth. You mentally can, you know, probably you know, ride on the track, learn stuff from the track, and then... Yeah, I, I don't have to switch, like, on the street. If it had all those controls, I would be riding it much differently. Right, so that means that what you learn on the track, you can relate to the bike on the street. That's right. And then you have to program yourself between the two. Now, the only difference it does have is this one has a quick shifter. Yeah. So it has clutchless upshifts, but I do that on the track anyway, just with a technique, not with a quick shifter. So that part's the same, and I don't have the clutchless downshift, so that's also the same. Yeah. So it's really nice, just to mentally I can just hone in on one style of riding, and just both bikes are the same way. That, that's pretty awesome. I think you really happy with it. And, and that's, that's, well, it's your ride style. Yep. And, and I think that's a lot of things when you go looking at the career of the dude. I'm looking at that. And that's that your ride style has changed. You yeah. Gotta find what fits your ride style. Yeah, and the, the track stuff came around a lot better than I thought it would. Like, one of the reasons I'm glad I didn't end up with the FJ09, although I love it, is that. I think that would be a lot different from the track bike, where it has bars, it's more upright. Yeah, you know, I think its character would be a lot different. So, and I don't know, maybe not. Maybe that doesn't really matter. But this one feels right. That's that's maybe the important thing. Is it just feels like the right bike for me right now? Yeah. And the last thing I like isn't really something from the bike but it's something I added, which is luggage. Oh, yeah. So I have the factory side cases and a smaller Givy top case. So I have plenty of storage when we take a trip. Yeah, that's the one thing I, you know, I would say is also nice about this one is the, is luggage. And there's thing that, you know, what's really cool and a hard thing about changing from the kind of this model spider is the next level up has the you know factory side case that you can't take off. Yeah. And so not as big and but you know, part of me please for twelve they might be better aerodynamically, then I'll be other things. So it's kind of a, a wash. Or it's kind of a Yeah. What's the right about? So, what don't you like about I guess I gotta keep going. There's a couple more things I like. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Cut you off. All right. See you on. All right, two more things, and I promise I'll stop. It's gorgeous. Look at it. The red is beautiful. The bodywork is sexy. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a sexy fight. Single sided swing arm. You know, it's just gorgeous. Um,. All right, I'll start with the negative. So I, 
It's no, 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 it's you with the positive. <laughs> Sexy fight. Okay, that was uh, got one more positive. What's the last next one? Uh, no, that was it. Sexy and the single-sided swing arm was the last uh, two. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's an awesome red bike. I mean, it's nice. Especially probably use that Honda pause. Probably really makes the time, right? Yeah, it does. Okay, now I guess I can talk about things I don't like. Uh-oh. Um, let's see. How do I want to put this? We, I've talked at length on the show that I dislike chain maintenance. Oh, yeah. So it's chain driven. I'm not crazy about that. Uh, I'm getting used to it though, and I, I don't clean it like I should, but you know, every 500 or so miles, I just shoot a little something on it. And, and then when it gets looking pretty grungy, then I clean it. And also if I've been out in the rain a lot, I'll clean it. But other than that, I, I just don't fuss with it. And I'm trying not to think about it, so I just, like I said, every 500 miles or so, it's like, yeah, spray some blue on there, check the chain, make sure the tension is still good, and just move on. And that's maybe that's the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, but also you gotta worry about running from your, you know, track day, chain on that, but you probably don't have as much maintenance as that. Yeah. So I've kind of got over that, and it's not. It's not something I hate. I just, I just don't like doing the maintenance. I guess is the real thing. I mean, I get it. The chain is strong and efficient, inexpensive, all that. So, you know, it works. Yeah. The other thing I don't like is because I had been getting into bike setup and studying suspension a little bit and trying to get bike setup for me, like I did with the track bike. Uh, there's no adjustability to the suspension at all. Uh, there might be preload adjustment in the forks, but I I don't know that to be true either. I don't think there is. Uh, there might be a manual preload adjuster in the rear, but I think that is it. It is you pretty much you got what you got. Um, the the deluxe model of this interceptor does have, of course, ABS traction control. Uh, like heated grips. I don't think it has cruise control, but it also has adjustable suspension a, a little bit. Like there's a remote preload for the back and some other things. So that part I don't like. Again, I don't hate it. It is what it is. So if I really want to mess with it, I'm going to have to spend a little money to probably drop in a different cartridge in the forks and maybe swap out the shock because there's no, like I said, there's no adjustability. And the bike rides fine. I don't have any trouble with it. It doesn't feel too soft or too stiff. Uh, I don't get the sense it bottoms out. So I think it's fine. And it's kind of like the chain. I'm trying not to think about it. Just ride it, enjoy it. You know, this is my street bike, so it doesn't have to be set up perfectly because I'm not riding it like that. But that's kind of my two big ones. Okay. So, I mean, you could always up an aftermarket to take out the forks or the shocks and stuff. Yeah, the, the same company that rebuilt the shock for the R6, uh, Doherty Motorsports, they make a, 
they have created a custom drop-in kit for the forks to give uh, compression in one side, rebound in the other, plus preload adjustment. And, you know, they'll put the right spring in there for your weight if you send it off to them. So, you know, I have a contact. It's not expensive. So that's, I have that earmarked as a future project. Okay. And they do, they make their own shocks too. So they have a, a series of shocks that they can tune up and put on this as well. So that's one route. I mean, there's always the, the more expensive aftermarket or fully custom, but I think for under two grand, I could have them have them both on this bike. Uh, let's see. The other thing I I don't want to say I hate it, but it is just the nature of a sport bike is to do anything on the bike. You got to disassemble half of it. Well, I got to cover that. That, that sexy look, you know. Yeah, you gotta yeah take her dress off before you get to the good bits, I guess. Yeah. But. Gotta get out of the dress, her. And that's kind of the same as the chain, right? It just it's just a fact of owning that kind of bike. You gotta take the bodywork off if you're gonna get to the engine. So, you know, even an oil change, you gotta take half the bodywork off, and I gotta unhook radiator support and all kinds of other things just to get to the filter. And, you know, so oil change is not like just spinning off the filter and dumping in some new oil like you got to plan yourself a couple hours to take it apart do the work and then put it back together so and that's pretty much it i mean i there's nothing else that really irks me ergonomically it's fine uh, the brakes the brakes are decent now that i kind of got them bled out a little bit they were a little mushy in the beginning all right but the brakes are good now um, oh my goodness oh my god oh. I guess this is how we uh, social distance in North Carolina this is this is it my friend this is how we social distance <laughs> so I want to kind of back around here in a second you're gonna back it in there yeah. Now, do you realize last time we were here, you were on the RSS and I was on the Deuce? Yeah, that's what you said. So, so yeah. it's a transitional ride for us, too. It is, my friend. So, for people that don't realize this, I want to give a little history. So, this is the picking pig you know, barbecue place and it's in Carthage, North Carolina and the interesting thing, it's actually part of an airstrip. And we were here two years ago for your birthday? Was it two? No, I think it's like three. Was it three? Well, yeah, because yeah, you, you had only had the RSS not quite a year, I don't think. Yeah, so, because I think the year I got rid of it um, was the year when I got rid of it for my birthday? It was actually in the shop. Hmm. Oops. So it was actually in the shop during that time. So that's why it hasn't. So technically, you know, I've had this one for um, two years and well, three months. So. So yeah, let's take a look at these machines. 
Beautiful red, beautiful blue. That's the other thing that I like. You know, I didn't talk about it. Is this blue is awesome looking. Yeah, and the the whole nose and look of that is is better than some of the other ones of that year. Yeah. I think the touring one got a little funky looking. Well, they just remodeled the touring one this year, or last year. Which I like. I like a lot. <laughs> oh, do you? I do. The new wow. touring one, I really like it. Wow, yeah, they did a lot of stuff with that one. And it's, I've sat on it, I still don't, I, I, I like the, I think I like the, the cruiser position. Yeah. Because the RT is, is, is more standard, you know, your feet are up, but, you know, it's still, you know, you're up there, it's standard. And I just feel like the, when I've sat on it, it feels like the cockpit is kind of too close. Too much body work? No, you're cramped. All right, we'll, cramped. we'll pick this up after uh, barbecue. Oh, okay. We got to eat. Yeah, later. All right. While John and I are stuffing our faces with some amazing barbecue from the Pick and Pig, I just want to remind everyone of a few things we have going on. First and foremost, the Twisted Road referral program. You heard Austin on the show recently. We've gone ahead and created a redirect at loudpipes.net slash twistedroad that takes you directly to the referral page with the code that Austin set up for us. And what we're doing for that is all the referral credits for that will go into bikes that we'll rent, and then we will ride and review them for the show. That's it. Pretty simple referral program. Check it out. Don't forget your first uh, rental day is also free up to a certain amount or discounted if it's a shorter rental. So check that out again. It's loudpipes.net slash twisted road. Also, check out our website and subscribe to the newsletter. Following the episodes, we are posting an email-based newsletter with links to the episodes um, and some just general writing that we're putting out there, kind of reminders on the meetup, things that are going on here at uh, RW Studios with all the shows and things like that. So it's called the RW Studios Insiders. That's the newsletter. It's mostly focused on the Loud Pipes podcast, but we do cover everything that's going on. So check that out. There's a link in each show notes episode. So loudpipes.net slash 182 for this one. Or anywhere on our website at the top, across the header, there's a link for the newsletter to subscribe and also past episodes. And lastly, if you found some value in the show and you'd like to return that financially, you can head over to loudpipes.net forward slash donate. Check out the options there we have for one-time and recurring donations. And I'd like to thank Tim for his ongoing monthly support. We greatly appreciate it. And on with the show. And... You can put it in sport mode to so get rid of nanny controls. Okay. There's only two models that have that. It's this. And the old this. RS? Nope. Well, the RS. Oh, the only one that had the sport mode to get rid of nanny controls in the lineup is this one. And then the Daytona um, Special Series, which was the Daytona. The, mm. There's a Daytona version. F3 Daytona. Yeah, that's what they call it, and then they just change it to a special series. Okay. All right. After you. Okay. So I have no GPS running, so far coming. Now we know where we're going. Sorry, I was looking for my earplugs, and 
the problem was, I was talking about pocket tar and these pants, they kind of can get hidden, so you reach down in your pocket, you don't feel it, you don't feel it. Right. It's kind of like bunched down in there, a spot that's like, oh, there they are. Well, that concludes lunch. Yes. How was lunch, Mr. Warfield? Picking pig, barbecue sandwich, outstanding. Saw some planes come and go. Indeed. Which is pretty awesome. We'll see. Alright, so where were we at? Oh, yes, Mr. Warfield picking us back up. So, you gave us all your negatives? I think so, but that's it for lunch. What about you? Did you enjoy it? Oh, lunch? Yeah, it was good. Always good to have good on there. Good company, especially the company. Always like the company. Yeah, quite a few bikes out. A lot of Harley crowd. Nice little sport bike crowd. It was nice. Yeah, it's a little... Planes, think, planes coming and going. I think it's a hopping little spot for people riding motorcycles. So, I well, think it's always fun a little. And like we said, we're, we're just about equidistance between Charlotte and Raleigh, so it's not a bad meetup point for you and I. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, a little side story. I'll go down the side story before we see your thing for this morning. And I was going to tell you this at lunch, but I saved it was I'm coming down the road and all of a sudden this guy in a Harley goes by me. And he waves his finger like, you know, something like that. You know, waves my fi his finger. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I mean, have you ever seen a guy, a person rape, go by you and wave, you know, do a circle motion above their head? I'm like, uh, uh, I don't, is that uh, a Is that a police sign? No. Well, Helicopter? you know, that's, no, I know what the police sign is. The police sign is the helmet. I know, but there could be more than one. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't know what this guy's doing. So, okay, so we get to the town, and then he motions me to turn, like follow him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. He's thinking I'm, you're somebody else. I'm like, oh, great. And I'm like, what happened? I pulled his parking lot, and he's like, hey, yeah, were you coming here? I'm like, no. He goes, oh, this is a Sunday morning. We have we're coming over here and have coffee. You know, and coffee, and we meet up and talk, and the whole big crowd of bikes. So I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, I'm heading." I'm How many heading doing? Twenty-two, all but north. I'm like, I'm heading to, uh, you know, meet with a buddy. Cause okay, he goes, you know, this is where we usually meet Sunday morning. So have coffee, or welcome to come over. <laughs> so I guess the sign kind of means like this. You know, doing a circle means like a meetup. Or follow me. No. Yeah, we'll have to look that one up. Yeah, so. Gotta be some kind of sign for that. Like you said, group ride or follow me or. Yeah, or. Meet yeah. up. Yeah, so that's kind of, that was kind of interesting little thing. So, anyway, that's our side talk for the for lunch, so. That's our side talk. Yeah, so lunch is done. We can get back to the bike. Um, I Like I said, I guess I don't really have any other negatives, but. I could probably talk about things that I might want to add. Well, Let's yeah. see. So I added heated grips. That was nice. Yep. Although I think for the short amount of time we actually use them, it feels a little pointless now. But they're well, on. They're on there, and and they are nice. So pretty much, if it's under sixty, I usually have them on now. <laughs> and if that part is probably every bike going forward, yeah. you're gonna want to have heated grips. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
I mean, that's like cruise control. Do not get a bike with cruise control, okay? I'm telling you that now. Well, that's just what I was going to say next is, you know, if I were to add cruise control, I probably wouldn't add it to this bike. I'd probably just look for another bike. Yeah. Oh, that car was hauling back there, wasn't it? Yep. So, let's see. Yeah, heated grips are on. I don't know, a ABS would be nice as a safety feature, but I'm still of the mentality that I'd rather learn how to ride and not not rely on it. I guess it's nice to have it there as a fail-safe, but I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a need. I'm, I'm pretty sure my next bike will have it, but because I think it's, it's all required now, right? Uh, some of the, some of the main, some of it does. It all depends on the make and the model. It depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, yeah. Um, quick shifter is really nice for going fast. I don't feel the need for it on the street, to be honest. It is nice to have, but what I would really like is I would like a quick shifter up and down on the track bike. Right. But there again, I am kind of enjoying the. I'm enjoying going through the process of learning how to upshift without the clutch and I know you can do it down without the clutch I haven't started doing that yet but I've been working on braking braking and blipping on the downshift but I guess I've not spent enough time on the track to be comfort comfortable that I can get all the braking done in the time that I want within my comfort zone and do the blipping and downshifting at the same time so what I've done is I've just given up on that and just focus on the braking and I just downshift with the clutch and I use kind of a, a slip method type thing. You know, where I, I click it down a gear and then I I slowly but then quickly let the clutch out. So I don't I don't break traction with the rear but I am still using the clutch so So yeah, I guess quick shifter is nice. But I don't really need it on the street. I enjoy changes of gears myself. Um, another thing I'd like to add is a I don't I don't want to say a taller windshield, but a better windshield. Like you can probably tell by this audio, the air is pretty angry. So a, a different windshield that's shaped differently, or maybe is just a tiny bit taller, I think would be nice for this bike. Yeah. Especially on a longer trip where. You know, around town it doesn't matter, or a short blast, it doesn't really matter, but you want to go ride for a couple hours, then you're like, I, if I forget to put my earplugs in, which is another change that I'm riding with earplugs, but when I forget to put them in and I go on a trip that's more than like 20 minutes, I start to notice it. It's like, oh, okay, this is noisy and it's getting tiring. Yeah, so. I'm a big fan of earplugs, and, you know, you know, when we were in Barbara, I had those custom ones made, and they weren't cheap, but I'll tell you, they are awesome, they're comfortable. Yeah. You know, um, you don't have to fight with them. They're holding to your ear, you put them in, and they're done. Um, so, I would, if you're going to get some, I, if you ever go back and find that guy, I'd highly recommend you get them. Yeah. I know, I know it's a, I know it's a, a bit of change. Well, I, I just, it, 
I've gotten used to the foam ones, so I don't really bother too much. I just roll them up, shove them in, and you know, I have a pair in my jacket. I have a pair in every jacket. I have a pair probably on the bike somewhere if I look. So I just have them everywhere, so they're always around. Okay. And I think you also realize that it helps your sun up too, right? Oh, they help in a lot of things. It, it cuts out the frequencies of the wind so that you can hear everything else better. Go ahead, I'm good. So even the bike, you know, if you cut out that sound of the wind, yep. then I can hear those I can hear the sound of the bike even more. Yeah. Which is something I, I didn't expect when I started wearing earplugs. I just figured, alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna hear everything now a little bit less, but it really just knocks down the annoying wind and you know high pitched sound of that helmet of the air going around your helmet. And I can hear my Senna better, I can hear the bike better. Yeah. And I don't get as tired as quickly. It's really, been, that's been a nice change for me. Yeah, I guess, you know, that, I agree with you. That's what it's supposed to do, because I'm a high noise. Yeah. I'm glad that you kind of came to enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really made it. So I, if I have the headphones in and I turn my Senna all the way up, I can actually listen to a podcast in my helmet, which I've never been able to do before. Yeah. So that's good, but it's also bad because it's a distraction. Then I start, I start listening and paying attention to the conversation and a little bit less on the road. So that's not great, but I mainly do it when I commute. Right. When I get to the highway part. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of where I'll go, is I don't really listen to podcasts. I, I more listen to music. It kind of just is in the background, playing, and I don't have to try to pay attention. Then if I start paying attention to yeah. the podcast, then it's like, oh, I need to follow along. Yeah. So I, that's how I work with it. So. Yeah, it helps music, too. I mean... It doesn't solve the problem of not being able to hear low frequencies, but it does clean it up that I can listen to music more than I could before. Yeah, because I know if you've had your long time of technology with it, the frustration. I mean, it's it's good for what it is. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's a nice intercom. I have it paired up with my GoPro, so I get the audio, so there's there's that advantage, and, you know, I can take calls, I can listen to music, so it, it's a good, it's a good tool to have, I would say. It's not great, but it's a good tool to have. And would I miss it if it went away? No, not by myself, but in a group ride, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's worth every penny, I think, for a group ride to have it. Right. Regardless of what system you have. Yeah, and I really, I know you haven't messed with it, the mesh technology that they have and use is yeah. it's really awesome. Um, I mean, anything to help the pairing and the connectivity when you have more than two people is, has got to help. Yeah. So if it's better there, I'm, I'm all for it. 
and that's what it does. I mean, you pretty much hit the button on the on the the mesh one, and it's like, okay, who's ever in range, you're connected. Yeah. And and I, and we've learned too that it's nice to have everybody on the same system, even right. even though they're supposed to be somewhat open and compatible, but. It is nice that it's like, okay, everyone's on a Senna, good, we all connect, we're good to go. Yeah. You know, even down to the, the SMH5s and the stuff that's, that's built into helmets, and even those connect better than some of the, the other brands. Yeah, and well, you got knockoff brands and universal pairing mode, and yeah. I guess the biggest thing I've learned about Bluetooth pairing with a Senna is you can't have one person be the master and join everybody because of the distance. You got a daisy chain, yeah. So that everybody's only connected to two yeah. other people. But with the mesh, you don't have to worry about that as much. Is that what you're saying? Mesh, you don't have to worry about it. It automatically connects, and if somebody leaves out of range, they automatically disconnect. Then you don't get that beep, beep, beep right. noise. So yeah, you don't get the sound of them trying to to keep connecting them. All right. That's So yeah, it's uh, I mean it's cool. I really like it, and and for people listening, I guess I'll put it out there. I've actually upgraded Mr. Rick. I bought the 50s. Is that what that is? Yeah. I know when we met up for gas, you said you had to repair, and I thought that was weird because we've been paired forever. Well, the problem is, is when I'm even when I have the 30k, you usually get booted up because we're not enough. I have other people I ride with. Yeah. So I have to get in and out so I actually just got this it just came in yesterday nice so the 50 ass is out came out about a week ago um, so in the next show or two we can get a, a proper review yeah I'm I, I'll, I'll say so far from a little tidbit that it, it there's some improvement to it um, the speakers are supposed to be upgraded speakers um, I last night had badly listened to my helmet with a 30K and then the 50S. Yeah. And she really couldn't tell a different team. She thinks the older speakers were better. Um, but I will say this much about the new speakers. They've made them, they've redesigned the speakers so they actually fit inside the showy helmet speaker cutout. Oh, nice. So they just drop right in. Yeah, you have to put a Velcro on the back. Around the, I already had Velcro on this one. But you can't put a piece of Velcro on the, one of the Velcro circles and you just put it in there and sit Yeah. Um, the other cool thing with a 50S, it comes with a USB-C and it comes with a Wi-Fi adapter. So it automatically does the firmware upgrade for you. Nice. Alright, so we'll do a review later in time. But, get back to topic. I think you went through, you threw all your negatives? Yeah, I think that's it. Like I said, there's nothing that I hate about the bike. There's nothing that strong that drives me crazy. Like, oh, uh, you know, I can't stand this part about the bike. They're just things that, yeah, they are what they are. It's not exactly what I want, but all things considered, it's still, it's still the bike I want. And I think it's still the bike that fits, that fits me currently. It's closer to the track bike than it is to a street bike, but it has enough comfort to do a trip and proper luggage and all that. So, 
and it just makes me smile so that makes it a winner cool so with that being said squirrel shopping what what, <laughs> what are you shopping for well I guess to be honest I'm always shopping but that doesn't mean that I'm in a position to buy but I am always looking at motorcycles maybe not just for the show but I'm just always looking new bikes you know what's for sale in the used market what's the used market look like go into dealerships what do they have what are the prices like so I'm always always looking and I guess it's sad to say I'm I'm just so track focused nowadays that that's really all I'm looking at so I'm always looking at oh what kind of sport bikes are for sale or what's coming out what's new what's different you know what bike is now five or ten years old where the price is getting down to where it it might be the you know the next track bike and i think i'm i think i'm fairly settled that the next track bike will be an r1 and it'll be the current generation so i'm thinking a 15 or newer um, r1 will probably be the next track bike so that being said for them to get into my price range it's not going to happen anytime soon so I don't have to worry about buying one this year or anything but I think that's what I would like as my next step is uh, probably a, a nice used R1 okay so I, I've, I've toyed with the idea of just getting a new R6 like just get the latest and greatest 600 but i really think i i just want the, the bigger bike you know for, for many reasons obviously the power but the different um electronics and things that come with it i still tend to think that those bikes are better built whether that's true or not i just think that the manufacturers put a little put a little more into them if you know what i mean yeah, put a little more pride. That's their, you know. Yeah, they care a little more. They put a little. They're, you know, they're like the top shelf of of your sport bike line. So, in theory, it doesn't get any better than that. And while I I love the V4s, I just think track bike wise, you know, I get a comparable sound with the R1, if not a better sound. It's it's unique, and that'll probably be the next one. Alright, that's, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. So however much money I have when I'm ready to upgrade will determine how old it is. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so saving my pennies. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But road bike wise, I, I don't know. I'm just... I hate to say it, I'm just really not interested in anything for the road right now. I'm just kind of all in on track days i want to do as many as i can ideally i would go once a month if not more in the season so yeah i would like to every third or fourth week i would love to be spending my time at a track somewhere so that leads me to looking for other things like trailers and rvs and stuff like that so yeah i'm kind of splitting my time between drooling over sport bikes and RVs. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I get your point. It's one of those things what you're focused on uh, and what you want. 
yeah, it all depends it, on what you want to do. And, and it's just so hard to... I, I almost feel like I need to go back and, and get a Harley again, like get a cruiser or a, or a, a big touring bike because I just... I cannot get the same amount of joy riding on the street as I do on the track. You just can't do it. Or you can do it, but I'm not willing to take that risk. And when I get out and I start riding like that, I realize, okay, well, it's time to park it because this is not the right thing to do. And then I'm stuck not riding. Right. Which then changes your mood completely as well, where you're upset and mad. And yeah, so I went from trying to get a ride to enjoy myself to being frustrated that I have to go 32 miles an hour everywhere or, you know, get yourself into felony territory and it's just, it's just not worth it. So, so I'm all in on the track. I'm not too much worried about it on the street. I'll probably, my road riding will probably switch like once I get back to commuting. It'll probably switch to just commuting except when we're gonna take a big trip. Yeah. So it'll I mean, be it'll be commute or track or a big trip and probably nothing in between. Yeah, I kind of I mean, hate to say it right now, I mean I would probably say my ride has changed as well. Um not going out as much as I used to. Um and, and part of it is Partly due to, you know, what's happening right now in our country, or the world. You know, the virus stuff, a lot of stuff is shut down, so you can't yep. do stuff. But what can you run into? What can you do? You know? Well, um, I guess that's good and bad. So if you do get out now, it is for the pure joy of the ride, because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, like today, like lunch, or you can go run errands and stuff like that. But Yeah, you can find these two, but a lot of stuff is closed, like, okay, I know we were going to ride, just once, like we did today, we had to eat outside, it wasn't bad eating outside. But, um, yeah, imagine if it was raining, like, I would, yeah. go, I would go ride in the rain, but I don't want to ride in the rain and then get to the restaurant and sit in the parking lot and eat in the rain. Yep. Like, I would just rather not eat or stay home. Yeah, so that's kind of where it's been at, and, and then the, you know, that's, that's where it's been. And, you know, there's a lot of trips that I have planned out for the year. A lot of them are kind of like, they're all limbo. It's like, yeah. what's going to happen? They're going to happen? They're not going to happen. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope that the meetup still happens, because I think that'll be fun this year. Yeah, that's going to be really intent about that. I mean, we are still planning our meetup in October, everybody. So, yeah. that is still on tap. We're still planning it. Right, um, right around Columbus weekend, so. Yep. You know, though, that uh, currently the Tail of the Dragon and the Skyway is closed. Well, partly closed, let's put it that way. I think you can go from the Tennessee side in, but if you want to get so far, it's going to be a roadblock. Yeah. So, that's going to, I mean, that's not, that's not fun. That's not adorable. I'm not going to say that's going to be a fun thing to do. It's like, oh yeah, let's go. Oh, but, but I would say if those roads are still closed in October, then we're probably not going to be having the meetup either because there will probably be a lot of other things still closed. But man, I really can't imagine that it goes that long. Uh, 
I, I don't either, and I don't think the country, I don't think the world can last that long. Even China's got back to business for crying out loud. So come on. Yeah, they're shut down for what, eleven weeks. Wasn't that what the number was? I think they're shut down for eleven weeks. I know it was over two months. So I mean, three months so, was it? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. So anyway. That's what else happened. So what else do you want to discuss, Mr. Worth? Well, I guess we didn't get to the shopping side for you. Like if if you were looking for anything new or anything has your eye. I know while we were eating, we talked about the new touring bikes for Can-Am. Right, the new RT that came out for 2020. Which I really like visually. Yeah, I mean, it's an awesome looking bike. I mean, I'll give you that much credit. It's awesome looking. But I don't think my riding style's there to that point yet. Because I guess I'll be towards more towards this. They have three ass more towards the sport bike world of the spider. So what you're saying is you don't feel you're old enough yet. I'm not <laughs> sure if I want to slow down yet. How's that one? Why would they slow down or... <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things of uh, how do you, uh, you know, because this one has turns off the nanny controls, get a little more aggressive. So, if I had to look, the one I'm looking at, well, number one, I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping, thinking that Canon's going to redesign the F3 this year. Okay. So, it might, it might... Visually, it might look like that soon anyway. Like the RT, it could. Yeah. Um, and this is my reason. So two years ago, they released the, the Riker. Right? So they released the Riker here. Last year, they redesigned the RT. Let's, let's go back yeah. We'll go yep. back farther. Three years ago, they released a whole brand new instrument panel. Right. And Ride Connect and Bluetooth and it does a lot of stuff on this. And you and you just missed that with your bike. Uh, right. Kind of yes, kind of no. I'd have to go up and model, and I wasn't ready to go up and model. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like the bike you have doesn't have that. Correct. Okay. So then two years ago they released the Riker, um, and then last year they did a total redesign of the of the RC. Right. Which is really awesome. They did a lot of cool stuff with that, with the display, and, the, and it's an electronic windshield, and the windshield remembers where you put it. Um, I've sat on it. It's pretty nice, but that I'd call, maybe, oh, let me put this way, maybe if I got that Riker, then I'd want to have something that's more like the Interstate Mile Eater Flight. How's that? So, if I'm reading you correctly, if you had a Riker, maybe you would have the RT, but not not yet. Correct. Okay, I can see that. Because it's, it's two different bikes. So, like the Riker is kind of like this bike, where it could be, you know, I could go up to the mountains and just tear it up. Yeah. You know, that's the bike. You know. You know. And you've you've got your luggage and all that already, so you you kind of have that part taken care of. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see what happens with that little, with that. Now, I'm hoping this year they redesign the F3, 
because you know they've done everything else. So what's left? So did they still make, or did they make at one point an F3T, like a touring version of the F3? Uh, yeah. So there's an F3T. That's what I thought. Okay. Which is, which is my bike, um, with and it comes standard with side back, all integrated. Um, but they're but they're smaller though you said. Yeah, they're smaller. They're not removable. It's really nice to take this bike just like you, and I can take all the luggage off and I can be stripped out. Yeah. And or I can be all cased up, ready for a trip. Um, you know, you know the funny thing with mine, I always say that it's like yeah I can take all the luggage off and just be free, but I never take the top case off except when I'm washing it. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that funny? I, I, I know you hate that top case, and I, and I get it. Yeah, I'll say it does not match your bike exactly. I would say I hate it. I, it's just ugly. It's Visually, to me, it's offensive. But functionality-wise, it's more than it is offensive, so it stays. So we're turning left up. And you know what's going to happen in five miles from now? What's that? I'm going to click over 13,000. Holy shit. My goodness, Mr. Warfield. Watch the grab. Yeah, and I bought this thing with 4,500 miles on it. Or 4,800. A year ago. That, that's good ride. It's good riding, I think. Yeah, it has been. Um, so, and then, and then you go with the limited. You have to be limited. Which then has the top case on the back and the side cases, oh. which is which is not, um, and it all you know goes with. I guess I'll say one of the go back to previously one of my negatives. I'll say the tail light yeah. on the back of this sucks. Yeah, they're pretty dim. Well, the tail lights are great, but when you put your turn signal on, man, I I really got to be looking to tell that it's on. Yeah during the day. And, and that's just, I, I don't know what it is. I guess that's where I'll go with one thing with the with the T, is that the, the turn signals, the brake lights are integrated into the, into the case, the side case. Yeah. So, and I you, mean, they're... And you can't see those during the day, but they show up really well at night. Yeah. And then when you go up to the T, the F3T, the Limited, the RT, all has a new display. And then, the lo and behold thing I did not find out until for 2020, they didn't say this much. Um, but the next model up for mine, the F3S Special. Yeah. The S, the Special has the display I want for the, for the game. Ah, there you go. So, if I'm looking at something, if you want my insight, I'm just winning everything else. That's kind of the one I'm looking at if I had to go buy one today. Got it. So if I was going to go back for the Spider and the F3, because all my cases would flip over to it. So if, you're, if your current bike throws a rod out the side of the engine, then you're going to have that one. Yeah. Now, the only downside to it, and this is we talked at once when we got off, we talked about your red bike. I love this blue. This blue is, I mean, it's just it's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Unfortunately, Can-Am got rid of a lot of their different colors. So, 
Uh, I think the S is pretty much black only. Maybe one other color. And and I wonder, I wonder why they would do that because the Riker has all these customization options, like at different colors. Like, why would they boil them down? Sales? I don't know. Because I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, you could do replacement panels. They could, you know, sell the replacement panel. Yeah. Um, for, for this one. Um, and then the special pretty much is only one color. It's like this gray with oranges color type thing. And wasn't it when it was the Daytona? Wasn't it like a yellowish, orangeish, goldish kind of yeah, color? Yeah, it was a yellow one. And that's one thing that I'll go with say with Canyon that I, I don't know why they haven't done it or what the reason. And I saw on a post today, you know, they came up with the Daytona, the F3 Daytona, that actually had a turbo in it. And, you know, I thought they would have done something. NM, you know, BRP has a bunch of four wheelers, uh, jet skis. Yeah. They're probably kind of the same motor, and they are turbos. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do that. And well, but it's a, it's a Rotax engine, right? Yeah. And does BRP own Rotax? Or yeah. is it a separate company? Oh, they own it. Okay. So, they might be looking at it like, oh, if we put the turbo in it, you lose your front trunk. Because they can even put, I mean, that's where I could think they could put it, because so when now you need turbo, you need exhaust gas. Yeah, you need a lot more plumbing, and they need a place to put it. Probably in a cooler, another cooler. Right. So the truck could actually be that spot. And if you go look at it, that's what they did on that flight. Well, right. let, let me ask you this: How much stuff do you have in in the trunk versus what you have in the bags? I mean, a lot. Kind of, but could it be moved out of there? Yeah. I can move it out. I mean, I have an air pump down there, a battery jump box, another visor, gloves. And I've always thought they should make a bag that clips to the front for for touring. Right. So you'd have a little bit of stuff on the bike and then kind of like a top case, but for the front. Yeah. I always thought that would be a good place to put it. Right. You could have four bags, really. Yeah. So, uh, kind of like a tank bag for a motorcycle, but it's out on the front. Right. Anyway. It's um, a nice little road. Yeah, this is 42. Um, 42 goes almost all the way to the coast, I think. And I don't know where it's dead at. That's a nice road, so yeah. So yeah, I guess back to road bike wise. I don't know. I if I was to get a road another road bike, I still kind of like the BMW uh, RT. Yep. I kind of like another spin at that. Just it it seems like a a no fuss, low maintenance like high mileage solution you know the the legendary boxer shaft drive i mean what what is there to do except fuel it up and change the oil like 
Yeah. And that that's probably where you want, you know, you gotta think about that. I mean like today your maintenance. Yeah, if I if I'm to if I'm to buy a touring bike, it'll be shaft or belt driven for sure. Like I'm not gonna buy a bike and say that it's for touring that and it's gonna have chain drive. That's not gonna happen. Right. You know, like this one is is light touring or sport touring, whatever you want to call it, but you know, I don't I'm not intending to ride this for a week at a time, multiple times throughout the year. Like, like once or twice a year, I might take a couple day trip on it, but that's it. So the luggage is really for local, you know, in those few short, those few times I do a long trip. But yeah, if I'm going to start thinking about like, you know, riding to Sturgis or doing a week long bike trip, it's going to be built a lot different than this one. Right. And that's why that, well, it happens to what type of riding are you doing? And I guess that's what I'd say to our listeners. When you're looking at a bike, for what are you going to ride? How you, what do you want to ride? What do you want to do? And then go find that bike that matches that thing. Now, here's an interesting thing. Although I don't know if I could take enough stuff with me. I have seen people with a gold wing and a trailer hauling their track bike. <laughs> That's interesting. So if I were to get a gold wing in the next couple of years, it would be for that. A trailer and hauling the track bike. Because I just, something about that to me just seems like a really cool way to show up at the track. Like your track bike towed by another bike it just seems cool wow that's interesting wouldn't that be neat it would be and the gold wing i mean it's not too much thumb weight on the gold wing what's that the weight on the tongue or the hitch is too much uh, well you figure the the r6 is less than 400 pounds so if the trailer, if you can get the trailer down to a couple hundred pounds, like I'm talking like a bare bones trailer. Right. I don't know. The, the problem is going to be all the other stuff I take with me. It's not the bike. Because, I mean, I guess I could wear the race gear to the track. But then it's all the other stuff you want. You want a handful of tools and, you know, an easy up and a fan and all this other stuff. Like... It would be an interesting experiment to see if I could take everything that I take with me today on a small trailer and a gold wing. That would be interesting. So, I don't know. Just That's just a thought, but I still have my little folding trailer. Alright. So, I'll take that to the track. But I'm actually thinking I might take both bikes. Like, especially if I was going to go and stay, like, stay overnight. Right. And I think I would take the Interceptor, too. Okay. Use that. I don't know. Backup bike or get something to run around with. Especially if I get to where the kids are going to be there. And I don't know. I got to think that one out, but I can take two bikes on it. 
It turned out to be a nice day. Yeah, it is. I'm showing 72. Oh, and I was yabbing along. Now I'm 13,005 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. Oh, that happened. Well, I think 49 yesterday. No, Friday. 49,000? Nice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would have probably hit already 50 if they have chicken. So this comes into Asheboro or this comes into another road? I'm trying to remember how this goes. Uh, nope. It's going to bring us into Asheboro, uh, I So we can stop and swap that battery in. Yeah. I'll sneak into the boys' room before I go home. You know, a lot of these two-lane roads are starting to have construction like this. Yeah. You know, where they're widening everything. So a lot of the two-lane roads in this area are going away. Like that one down there. Well, that one, they're actually building a bypass around Asheboro. Oh, is that what that is? Yep. 49 bypass? Uh, 64. Yeah, so on my side, it jumped into 64. Right. And then on, on the south side, it's where 49 there on the other side of Asheboro. Um, jumps into 49, that's what they're doing. Gotcha. Uh, it's just a good ride today. I'm glad we got out. It's good to hang out. Oh yeah, we haven't seen each other in a while. We got, our, we got our show recorded now. Yep, there we go. Sorry, Brother Bacon. Yeah, we'll get over Bacon's way one of these days, and we'll do Rico's way next. Maybe that's what I'll do, is for the next one, I'll, I'll go Rico's way and record with him. Yeah. We'll do it behind the bars, too, with Rico, and then i got to try to get up towards Bacon. That's a good color for the Jeep. And I bet, how is your Jeep? Anyways, how, give us a Jeep update. How is <laughs> I don't really drive it much, so. Oh. What's the missus, how does the missus like? Yeah, she's not complaining, so I think she's all right with it. Is it fast enough for her? I don't think she really cares. I mean, she's kind of indifferent. I'm sure she, she will be disappointed to, to drive less now, I'm sure. But the main thing is, um, she had a, a some kind of electronic issue the other day where, I don't know if it, it didn't want to go into gear or didn't want to change gear or something like that. Like, like something freaked out on the dash and it said, you got to shift it into park. She was already in gear, so she shifted it in park and then went back to a gear, but that error didn't go away, and then the car didn't want to move. So, hopefully that doesn't happen again, but we need to get it looked at if it does that again. But yeah, it was just one of those weird little things, because everything's electronic now, so. All right, what is this now? 64? Yep. Or 49? Uh, 
Oh, wait, aren't we near that place we used to go to? Kickback Jack. Yeah, Kickback. Is that up here? Yep. Ah, there's Kickback Jacks. Where are we going to this? We're going where? Cheat. All the bikes. You don't need fuel, do you? Oh, you said you had to use a boys' room. Oh. Oh, and you're going to be going right anyway, so. I went back the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm with you. I'm a little slow. Yeah, we know you're a little slow. All right, that'll do it for an on-bike episode. We hope you enjoyed that. And again, we encourage you to check out loudpipes.net slash twistedroad. Check out the referral program that's over there. It's pretty neat stuff that they have going on. Also, check out loudpipes.net slash donate if you're interested in supporting the show financially. And our show notes for this episode, loudpipes.net slash 182. Since there's no one here, I will go ahead and put my kickstand up. Head on out. Forward slash donate.